Yeah, so I'm like, hey, buddy, why'd you just dump a bunch of little pencil erasers into that vat of cheese? He's like, those are pimentos. I'm like, yeah, so what's a pimento? Yeah, what is a pimento? I don't even know. Is it like um, a, is it a, like onion or like a, a... I don't, I think it's something roasted in Does marinated. it come from like a pimento bush or something? Put them in olives? Oh, wait too. a minute. Hey, oh. we're rolling. All right, well then let's roll. Well, hey, I'm not Mark. And I'm not Rich. But we are Two, two guys, guys on Block, Block Island. What shall we do with all right, listeners, welcome back to another episode. Uh, today, we have as a guest on our podcast um, one of the preeminent chefs on Block Island, but he's so much more than a chef. Uh, he's an artist, he's a musician, he's a dad, uh, and basically just an all around great guy. So please welcome our friend, Burke Marie. Burke, what's happening? Not much. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. Yeah, doing good. good. Good to be here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for taking the time. We know like you're a no problem. Crazy busy guy. Big fan of the show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So actually, I'm flattered to be here. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, let's see if we can change that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we ask all of our guests the first question: What's your Block Island story? When did you get here? How did you get here? Why did you get here? So. Okay, so uh, let's, no pun intended, back up the boat because it goes back to 1980. Uh, I first came out here to visit my stepbrothers, my not yet stepbrothers, John, or actually they were stepbrothers by then, um, John and Peter Voskamp, um, and I came out for, I think, two a two-week stay and... Uh, just had a great time. Where were you coming from? From Houston, Texas. That's where you were born and raised, uh-huh. Houston. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, came out and stayed with Gay and Steve Mitchell, and um, you know, just John showed me around the island, and we had a great time. And John and I had, well, well I'm gonna have to back up the boat again to get back get it to up. where That's we need to go. Right. Wants to make a noise? Yeah. And beep, beep. So, John's dad. Pete Voskamp, yeah, and Peter's dad, um, married my mother, Suki, in 79, I believe. Um, so when John and Peter's parents got divorced, when Gay and, and Pete Sr. got divorced in Houston, Texas, Gay said, screw it, I'm going back to Block, you know, she she came to live at her mom's house here on Block Island. So, so Gay had been here for, her mom had been here for... A long time. Yes. Yeah. A lot of history. Gay was quite a character. You remember her? Oh, yeah, I do. I I met Gay a couple times, but, you know, not... She was awesome. Yeah. She seemed like a, you know, very unique sort of a, just a, what's the word? Uh, Nah, I don't know. I'm not good with words. But anyway, go ahead. So, sorry. She was an eccentric. uh, That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. 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 For sure. It, where was her house? Wasn't it up on? It's, a, it's where the Nature Conservancy is now. Right up on High Street. Yeah. So right near the Eureka, right? Yep. Right yeah. next door. What a view you had! Awesome, awesome view. And you know, they they had some farm animals over the fence um, early on, and then later on, they you know they started to accrue more, and there would be fainting goats in in the in our backyard. <laughs> I love those. Come come over, and you know, they did get get through the fence, and you know come and faint um on like, the bulkhead uh, you know you know it just dawned on me that i think that might be my next halloween costume i'll be a fainting goat that's and a good idea says hi i'll just like keel over and yeah, land on the floor that way you don't have to talk to anybody no it's end yeah. end of easy yeah you know? done i only faint for certain pe- assholes uh-huh. if you're an asshole yeah you have faint. fainting on you yeah it's kind of like playing possum but like a social version of that yeah yeah i like uh-huh. it wow. people will be like rich is on the floor again yeah you know? yeah he doesn't like you. Yeah. So you're so I heard was that house haunted? I it heard, was, yes, it was. Yeah. It was. Um I I only had one or two experiences there where I actually noticed that okay, you know, what the hell's going on. So here. what was it? What happened? We'd just like be sitting downstairs watching TV or just hanging out downstairs and all of a sudden upstairs you would hear like a piano getting dragged across the floor upstairs. Like furniture getting moved around and you know so it was very loud it wasn't yeah, like very loud couldn't have been like a you know a, a, something just fell off a table like yeah. a pencil or something and, and so we would you know just kind of look at each other and just run out into the back you know into the yard <laughs> you know but go upstairs and everything's just where it was you know 
Yeah, that's a little um, freaky. You know, Peter and John have way more stories. Um, they did a Ouija board thing, and supposedly it used to be a boarding house, and a man named Clarence Tops fell down the stairs and died there. So they call the ghost Clarence, and he still he still works at the Nature Conservancy. He he does stuff with them. Really? Yeah, like all their staplers will go missing, and they'll find them neatly lined up in the attic. No way. Shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. That's wild. Doesn't sound too malicious, though. No, just you like know. a kind of, yeah. you know, likes to have a little fun with you. Yeah, yeah, like he poked John in the middle of the night once. And really? Like John felt somebody sit down on the bed with him and, like, touch him. And John woke up, you know, no one was there, but it scared the crap out of him. I, I can't um, understand why. There's nothing yeah. weird about that. Holy um, shit. That's or weird. unless it was somebody there, that might be weirder. Right. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, John. Hey, John. Hey, John. It's Rich Trethway again. <laughs> How'd you get in here? And then Peter saw a glowing orb at the end of his bed one night. Um, wow. But like I said, the Voskamp brothers are definitely the ones to talk to about the... Uh, yeah. That well, house is definitely steeped in some... Spookiness. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get that. Yeah, uh, we gotta hit them get up some, for the yeah Halloween episode. We do a Halloween episode. <laughs> My God, I can't even talk today. <laughs> yeah, we do a Halloween episode, so maybe we'll uh, get you back for a little more detail on these stories. Or yeah, something yeah, possible. sure. Anyway, um, so again, backing it up. So you come in the eighties. How old are you in the? In the uh, I I think I'm thirteen. All right, so you're a kid. Yeah, a kid, thirteen years old. You're a teenager. In the eighties on Block Island, what just was just wanting to rock, just wanting to rock. Yeah. yeah. So John and I uh, connected immediately through the guitar. Okay. Um, and he would come to Houston to visit us, and he would bring his guitar. I'd have my guitar, and then his dad eventually ended up buying us both identical acoustic guitars. Really? Yeah. The brand name was Aspen. The Aspen. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so. He, when he would come or when I would come up here, it was always like, all right, trade licks. What do you know? What have you learned? You know, And so we would push each other that way. You and know? what were you guys listening to? Like, what oh, kind of you music know, were you? Like, uh, back then, it was a uh, typical 13-year-old fair for that time. It was The Who, Jimi Hendrix. Um, those were the big two. Yeah. You know, like Led Zeppelin didn't enter my life until... Uh, my mid to late twenties. Yeah. For me, you know, like I, I, I knew who they were, but I didn't like, you know, recognize them as like, wow, I really like these guys. Um, so from there, it kind of went into punk rock and the clash and the police and yeah. Yeah. That's little, my some new wave and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so did you guys, you got a little band together when you were, when we, was your... we did get a little band together. Yeah. Uh, what we, was it called? We started playing music. Right off the bat, you know, um, I think our first band was me, John, and Peter on drums. We we would we would put on these Kiss concerts in our back room of, in Houston, where we'd dress up as Kiss. And uh, which one were you? I was Paul Stanley. John, of course, was Ace Frehley. Right. Peter was Peter Chris, Peter and then Chris. my little brother Drew would come out as Gene and Spit Blood at the end. <laughs> Nice. But the three of us as a trio, we'd play like Dr. Love yeah. and, you know, um, whatever Kiss songs we knew at that time. Um, and Kiss you know, is where acted it out and yeah. all the neighborhood parents would come and the kids would come. We'd line up seats. You know, it was a, it was a nice size room. You were putting on a show. You know, so, I don't know about you, but my fam parents did not have the same appreciation for Kiss that I did. <laughs> neither, I don't understand. Nor it. did mine, but they... Okay, they, uh, I'm not alone in that one. They definitely tolerated it. Same. Yeah, me you know. too. Kiss, I think Kiss is the gateway band for so many kids. I, when I was, I think it was first grade, I got into Kiss. You know, yeah. you see Gene Simmons, you see this guy spitting blood, you're like, why would I not <laughs> love this band? Yeah. And now it's funny, because I don't know if you have listened to a Kiss album lately, but... I still listen to Kiss albums. I mean, they're great in for what they are, but they're not really great musicians or like... No, you I mean, know, you know, it's they, just but like, they, can, they can knock it out. You know, like, yeah. Dress to Kill is a great album. Great album. That's my favorite Kiss album. Yeah. You know, and obviously Alive is, is great, too. Alive 2 is one of the best live albums. But I, I, I'll argue that Alive is better than Alive You two. like Alive 1. Yes. Okay. Right. I definitely took, like, the sabbatical from Kiss, and I had the same... <laughs> Cinnamon, I went back all of a sudden and listened like 10 years later. I'm like, that's not as great as I remember it. That's yeah. all. It's yeah. still great. 
Yeah. And it just, you know, I was like, oh, you know what? I can't wait. Pandora came along and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I kind of remember. Yeah. I remember it being better. Was it Detroit Rock City? Detroit yeah. Rock City. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, it's not as, you know. Right. Yeah. Is Christine, he really, is he out of key or is Christine it just Christine 16 was my jam. <laughs> Christine. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. The cowbell. That uh-huh. talk about a song with more cowbell. Uh-huh. You know. Now, I still love Dr. Love. You know? Dr. Love's yep. great. Can't. That's what, that's on rock and roll over. Dr. Yes, calling yes. Doctor Love. Yeah. Great, great album cover, by the way. With uh-huh. the, uh, all right, so Kiss, uh, but the Who, Jimi Hendrix. That's what you and your brother bond over. You guys put on some shows. Uh, what was the name of the, the uh, band? Uh, after the Kiss kind of concert thing that we would do, we started to like record onto a a, a little cassette player. Yeah, and we started writing some original th- things. And I think our first name of the band was images images yeah nice sounds like a wedding band yeah like yeah and it's only because we found (laughs) we found in my mom's stuff like a a font for uh this i I think it was like a font actually back in that day uh and it, it was just it looked cool and it said images and i one of us was like we should call the band this you know this We've already got our logo. There it is. We have a logo. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, once you have a logo, you're yeah, you're, you're good to go. You're all done. You're good to yeah. go. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're on tour already. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. like right. Van Halen. You know, just the same. Just if you yeah. drink coasters away from being popular. Exactly. exactly. Get that printed right on yeah. there. Yeah. And start handing them out. <laughs> so uh, after that, uh, John and I, John finally, when it was time for Peter and John to go to real school. Um, not that Block Island School is not a real school, but Pete and Gay decided that when it was time, they were going to go to high school in Houston. So John came down, Peter came down first to go to high school, and then when it was time for John, he came down. And so then we really became the Brady Bunch in the uh, house with okay. five kids and, you know, these two parents. And a woman named Alice. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have an Alice. <laughs> oh, But we had my mom, Suki, <laughs> who was just the best. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's when we really started to, uh, to get it together stuff, to do stuff. Yeah. So once we got into high school, John and I started a band called the Riddlers or actually we were the Liberators, then the new Liberators. And then we were the Riddlers. Okay. Um, then we, we would record, you know, we'd go into recording studios and we'd make. You uh, actually like made tape. tracks. We, yeah. we made tracks. We like laid back, tracks in the, and back, back in back then the only way we could. Handed out was by cassette, right? You know, and there was no like home recording. There was no Garage Band on your Mac, so like you actually had to go to a recording studio. Yeah, and yeah, you'd find someone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was crazy. So I'm sure you know Vaughn Boone. So that was my next question. Where does Vaughn Boone fit into the picture? Vaughn Boone comes in um, when Peter goes to Lee High School in Houston, Texas. Okay, and meets Vaughn Boone in the newsroom. They're both on the newspaper, Ah. and I think Vaughn was a year younger. And Peter had been approached to play with these, you know, older dudes, yeah. uh, you know, like kind of real dudes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And went on to be in a band called The Ash. The Ash. And they were really great. Wow. Um, and so he trained Vaughn on the table of the newspaper room. You know, like, okay, that's yeah. the that's how you can play Baba O'Reilly with my brothers. You know, they know how to play it. And so he brought... Vaughn to see the kids are all right with us at a midnight movie. And, and we met Vaughn there, I think, and then brought him over to the house and we played with him. And Vaughn then ended up and becoming the drummer. Vaughn became the drummer okay. and Peter moved on to play with the Ash, you know, to play with, you know, more like-minded uh, people his age, yeah. I guess, you know. So getting back to Block Island, it's, and if I'm skipping ahead, oh, don't stop worry. me, but yeah. uh, my first summer here, as at in 96 when I became a bouncer here at Captain Nick's on yeah. Thursdays, every other Thursday maybe, your band Peg Legacies would play. And that band, like, I was the smallest guy, so I was always upstairs in the corner where uh-huh. there was less chance of a fight happening. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would, I but uh-huh. I had, like, the best view in the house. I was sitting over the stage watching you guys. Yeah. And I, I that time, your bass player was Henry. Uh-huh. Uh, what's it? Doyce? Henry Doyce. Doyce. Um, but it was, yeah, you, John, and Peter on drums. And you guys had, your songs were crazy. There's one, Cosman. I remember that song. That was just yeah. like, oh, Cosman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Henry wrote that song. Henry was a wild, wild dude. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, what a great 
just what a great band. You yeah. Know, like how did have... Peg Legacies happen? That band. Peg Legacies happened through. Uh, so John's at uh, Philadelphia College of Art, and he meets Henry. I think he met Henry out here actually. Okay. And Henry was learning how to play the bass and like picked it up really quickly. Like, and John noticed and was like, holy shit, this guy's really good. And I think Henry ended up in Philadelphia, too. So him and John started playing together, and um, they wrote a song called Thermal Underwear, which is on our first record. I have it. Yeah. Um, and when John got out of college, we were like, okay, come back to Texas and let's start a band, because Peter was already there yeah. working. And um, so John and Henry sh showed up, and we started Peg Legacy. Okay, like, so that started right in there. Texas, too. Yeah. I thought Peg Legacy was like a Block Island thing. You guys just did on Block Island. No, no, it, it started hardcore in Texas. Oh, did you guys tour? Houston. Did you guys do like openers and go around in a van or anything? Or? We did, we did. We traveled extensively up and down both coasts with a band called Firehose. Yes, um, Mike Watt of the Minutemen. Of Minutemen. Exactly, yeah. Um, he... Uh, we befriended them um, in the early, I guess, the late 80s. Yeah. Um, and we had a friend who had a bay house, which was about 30 minutes outside of Houston. And every time Firehose would come, we'd go back to the bay house and spend the night and party through the night and just tell, you know, he'd let, Pete, let Mike Watt tell us. What's a, I mean, Mike Watt's just insanely crazy. Like, what a dude, you know? Yeah. Another great experience. The man in person. the van. Yeah. Yeah, um, what's it like partying with Mike Watt? You know, he's uh he wants what he wants, you know. Uh <laughs> like we're trying to like, "Hey Mike, you know, we want to we want to show you our new video that we did or something, you know." And people are pulling on him every which way. And he's yeah, like, yeah. "It's a conspiracy of whims." Yeah. You know, like that something's <laughs> not happening, you know, or you know. But he, you know, back then he was just kind of a uh a beer drinker, you yeah, know, and yeah. would hang out and just tell you all kinds of stories you i'm know. learning so much right now do you know minutemen the minutemen i don't know i'm learning you know yeah i re here's what's funny is i remember these groups when i was younger and yeah. probably i'm gonna ask you this one so i used to attend several parties at a friend's house uh i'd say friend but uh i worked with her she was older than me and it would often get shut down by the police but it was we'd have these blowouts i want to say it was up on beacon hill maybe sue king do you remember her yes we played a party you, there you did right yeah yeah, yeah. Did the cops come to that one i don't know i i was only <laughs> in on one of them i think but yeah, yeah i think that peter and john used to do it quite a bit oh yeah yeah they'd yeah. fire up the jenny and or, mm -hmm. or plug into the house and you know yeah. fuses would be blowing and you'd have to stop for hold on a minute and then <laughs> but, they, you know. yeah i mean i i definitely peg legacy happened in in houston but you know, before that, whenever I would come up, there was always a gig to play, you know, yeah. and we would go and show up at these parties and usually, you know, kind of, uh, you know, show up and let, and Stolen Goods would let us play a few songs, you know. Stolen Goods. And those, that was the McIntyre brothers? Yes. Okay. Can we talk about them a little bit? Sure. So, Char uh, Chaz, Charles McIntyre, and uh, T-Mac, Timmy, right? And B-Mac. Yeah, I think it was mostly... C Mac and B Mac. Okay. Um, and then they had this dude named Rad Ed on bass. Okay. Um, I don't. Well, I guess was T Mac in there? I think he, he might have been later in there for on. A while, later on, I, yeah. I feel like I saw him play with um, those guys. But they were the best. They were just awesome, you know. And we kind of looked up to them, like you know, like that's how you do it, you know. Like I remember going out to a party at the Point, uh -huh. and they had set up out there with generators and stuff, and. It was just so cool. And you could do that back in those days. Yeah. Nobody really gave a shit. Yeah. yeah. Just like show up on the beach. Set that up was a just band the 80s. And, it and wasn't then, even yeah. that. Scotch know. Beach on pallets, yep. on pallet stage, yeah. you know. And yeah. You, you didn't go to the, you didn't go get a permit for it or anything. No. You know, just like roll just, onto the beach with it. your gear. Barrel of jungle it. juice. Yep. Yeah. You know, yep. Gets a solo <laughs> cup. Yeah. 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 How many people but, would show up to these parties? You know, there, there'd always be a good, great crowd, you know, and hundred people to be the yeah. kind of the young 16 year old at this point in my life at, uh, uh, on block. I do that, like, you know, yeah. or, you know, 16, 17, it was just amazing. <sighs> and for these guys to be so cool to you, you know, yeah. like Chaz, we went on to be great friends. Um, and he would come to Houston and on, gigs that he was doing he was a just a great sound man yeah and he would come and stay with us and we would just stay up until four in the morning sitting on the roof and 
and then he'd just disappear in a cab early in the morning, you know, uh, just <laughs> disappear into the, yeah. the vapor. And he'd yeah. always like, he had, he, he, he would bring me, you know, pedals and stuff that he wasn't using. So it was kind of, it was really, you know, really cool. And before, uh, I mean, before, uh, stolen goods, it was like John Henry and the liquid plumbers. They were like, yeah, you know, the, and of course, John Henry passed away couple years ago yeah god bless him yeah for sure he's like the godfather of rock block island rock and roll at least that's what he would tell you all the time of course (laughs) i believe it if he believes it it must be true it's true john henry's amazing yeah we we miss him for sure yeah but to your point it's like you know there uh you know i've been a musician out here as well and and i similar story it's like you know, you hear about so many music scenes where it's like, ah, oh, you know, the musicians are standoffish. Yeah, it's totally clicky. Yeah, and that crap. But out here, same experience for me. I, you know, I got out here and, uh, you know, everyone, like Nick Atchison. Uh, remember Nick? He was a yeah, bartender totally. here. He lived next door and he was running the open mic at Club Soda. Mm-hmm. And all I had was an accordion at the time. And he, you know, saw my he we so he's like yeah let's play together and he's like yeah come on do open mic you know he was just like yeah. it wasn't like well sign up and we'll see if we can get you on yeah you know? are you any good are you any good no it yeah. wasn't like they was like come on and play man you know yeah the like, acceptance factor is really uh inspiring you know it's like yeah it's everyone's open to just like just bring it you know yeah so still playing at least news? the first time yeah and then yeah then we'll reassess then you're back next saturday hey, yeah. I'm here again. Like, yeah we're a little crowded up here tonight yeah. Yeah. did i pass the audition no you did not <laughs> come back no. next week but you can yeah. leave that guitar because it's a nice one yeah can we'll i borrow yeah we'll but, use that. but can i borrow your guitar <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we need that for the summer yeah. <laughs> um still playing music or too busy? i do i do okay so I what do. are you doing musically these days um you know after peg legacies i kind of went into a uh ambient thing just started recording music by myself yeah uh, just into deep space okay um and now i just kind of i'm just kind of all over the place yeah i like really old uh country music and like bob wills and bob the wills, texas, texas Playboys. Playboys. yeah good yeah. stuff, um, good stuff. I, I love that guitar sound that people that that is employed in all those kinds of yeah. things so i'm kind of going back yeah. in time yeah um Mark and I not too long ago visited the uh, in Nashville. We, we visited did. the country, country music, music, you know, museum. Yeah, pretty yep. neat stuff. Amazing, Just the whole evolution yeah. of it and the uh, and the archives they have there of uh-huh. all the original. Yeah, really yeah. neat. Hank so, Williams really, guitars. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. All right. So music. So you mentioned you were doing ambient stuff. Yeah. Um. You're also a visual artist. You're I am a painter. I, I started painting um out here in. I want to say 2011, okay. I think. So within the last 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. You, you, you didn't paint your whole life. It was No, not really. I, huh. I had done a couple of, uh, you know, I knew I liked it, and I'd done yeah. a couple of experiments here and there. But um, I all of a sudden had some time on my hands and um, so you decided to go just full bore into it. And, you know, I had to do some research and figure out who I liked. And who do you like? What I wanted to do. Um, cause if I can, your stuff reminds me of like a little Mark Rothko in the sense there's it's yeah. like layers of, you know, yeah, paint. I'm, and I'm a big fan of everything that was happening in New York city after world war two. Yeah. Um, so that's called, that was, I think they called it the new school yeah. or the American school Yeah, because that's when kind of the world took notice of american art as being um as important as european art yeah um so you got guys like rothko you got pollock rauschenberg you, you got rauschenberg you got jasper johns cy twomley who i'm yep. a huge fan of connecticut guy. um a southern man too was he yeah, yeah i thought he virginia he, oh really mm-hmm. i thought he was born and raised in connecticut but I, whatever he lived there um who else don't disagree with the guest no, no you know uh <laughs> Just all that stuff is just so inspiring to just look back at it and look at it and yeah. study it and you know and then and then you know along comes Basquiat and kind of puts all that in there but adds yeah. so much more to it yep. you know you can see him talking to them in those in his paintings yeah you know, like, this is so your stuff is if we want to see it it's hanging up at Winfield's right? there is it's, yeah I have quite a few pieces hanging at Winfield's yeah. and you know I, obviously I do abstract stuff um, I use. Uh, I don't do oil. I use um, acrylics. Yep. 
just easier to work with with water and uh, which I use a lot of water when yeah. I paint too. I don't use a brush. Uh, I use my hands. Oh, really? My hands, a palette knife, and a steak knife. A steak knife. Yeah, from Winfield's. So don't the order day. the so don't order the steak when you go to Winfield's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was back in you know I was. Back, it's not oil based. Back, that's, I, yeah, that's true. My yeah. first studio was above Winfield's dining room because I that's where I used to live. So I was like, I need something to paint with. So I went down to the kitchen and I got one of those big wood handled steak knives, and I still have it, and I use that to add texture and stuff to stuff and the rest i just kind of do with my hands wow that's really cool uh how many pieces do you crank out a year do you, you know are you trying to like i've slowed down a little bit but usually um you know i'm oh. i'm over 50 a year wow and yeah, you, are you slow, selling slow down happens when you throw a kid in the mix i think a little exactly bit. Yeah. yeah we'll get to fatherhood <laughs> oh good i've been I down wait. the line um so uh can people purchase your work? Do you sell it? Is it just... They do. Uh, you can buy it at the at the restaurant off the wall, or you can contact me, and um, we can go back to my house, and I have, uh, you know, probably about 75 paintings there. Wow. Um, that are just there for people to look at. All right, so if anyone wants... By appointment. Oh, by appointment know? only. Yeah. All right, so if anyone comes to us through our podcast and social media we can send them your way absolutely okay cool we'll yeah. do that maybe i, I get appreciate a, that if you would allow me to maybe i'll come up and take a few pictures of your pictures that would be great yeah <laughs> i'll put them up on our social pictures. yeah i'll take photos of your paintings yeah That'd get them up great. on the on the facebook when we do the when we drop this episode cool nice um so let's get to winfields i guess because that's right now that's what changed my life well can so. i ask one more question before we go too far of course you're uh are you married i, I don't know i am married. okay yeah so your wife uh, who i've known for a long time uh -huh. she's also an artist correct she is an amazing ceramicist yeah oh, right right ceramicist that's right i love a new word ceramicist mm -hmm. i thought she was a thrower well you could say she's a potter a potter but ceramicist is a lot you know yeah it's sexier. like the dishwasher being called the electro ceramic technician yeah right yeah. okay <laughs> i like hydroelectric ceramic technician but uh yeah. yeah so she throws pottery she does um and does she, she do, does that all winter she was doing the farmer's market does she do that she still? is yeah emily yeah. marie pottery yeah so i had to throw Starts that in there before Saturday. we moved on yeah Starts oh the Saturday's Saturday. first uh, yep, yeah. first market okay did she, how how did she do uh, production wise this year? Because I know I've talked to Emily before, and she's over the winter. It's like she's on a sketch. She's trying to crank out as she much. Does, as She does, you know. Yeah. She, that's the trade off with with what we do is, you know, right now when when I'm doing Winfields and Los Gatitos, uh, I'm there all the time. Yeah. So she's kind of she's got our daughter Estelle, and in the winter it, we kind of trade, um, and she does all her production in the winter. And, and you, she had her best production winter ever. That's great. I mean, I think she did like 750 pieces. Wow. Or Whoa. Wow. Yeah. It was a great winter to be an artist of any kind because yeah. it was like you couldn't go anywhere. It's like, you yeah, know, you just, that's what you did. Mm -hmm. But um, you, weren't you in a movie, didn't, with, oh. with uh, Emily? My first one ever. Yeah. Yeah. I just basically, uh, Lee Medeiros was making a film right. and I'd watched and watched and they couldn't find a local guy and I'd never acted in a movie before and I was like I think I can do that you know I, I act like I like people all day long and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding or not but um, yeah so I read for the part and then I you know we, we yeah. ended up uh, I don't know if we did any scenes together I can't really remember that was a long time ago Emily played the waitress waitress of the diner, diner right yeah. Yes. Yeah. that was a great little short film uh -huh. was Island Bound Island Bound Island yeah, Bound. yeah. 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 And she'd done more acting before that, I think. Yes, she did. She actually, she pursued it for a little bit. I think back when I was very first started, I got hooked and I was excited. I've done a lot since then, but um, I think I needed to find how to do a headshot and resume. So she gave me one. And I think last year I was cleaning out some old stuff in my house and I found her headshot and resume from like 25 years oh, ago. Oh, nice. Pretty neat, yeah. you know? For a second yeah, there, I thought you meant you used her headshot as when you were trying to, to get try gigs. to get a part, yeah, to and try you, to seem slightly more attractive. And than then you actually show am. up for the for the yeah. uh, audition and be like, you, "This is not you." Yeah, slightly <laughs> different. Yeah. Yeah. you're like, yeah. "I didn't shave today." That's the, yeah. <laughs> That's the only difference. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we did a That's we did cool. a piece together. That's yeah, awesome. Lee's great too. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Yeah. She was just so nice and opened up my world. You know, yeah, I did cool. two films with her. Nice. It was very fun. Very fun. Do you act? Do you do any acting? 
I have done a little acting. Um, I have a cousin named Tommy Nix who um, went to film school at the University of Texas with Robert Rodriguez. And, oh, wow. Um, they ended up being really good friends, and they did a lot of things together. And kind of during his student film phase, John and I and my brother Drew and, you know, Peter, I think even too, um, he'd have us be in his movies. You've been in some Robert Rodriguez things? No. Oh, oh, you're the... You're sorry, Tommy Student. Tommy, film. the answer okay, is yeah. not yet. Yeah. I I had the lead in one called Chicken Man. Chicken Man. Were yeah. you the Chicken Man? No, John Voskamp was Chicken Man, <laughs> but I was like his caretaker protector. Wow. Yeah. Is can is this available anywhere? Can can I see this? Um, you you can see it. Uh, private showing. Yeah, I have it on a DVD somewhere right. with all the stuff we ever did with Tommy, which is just hysterical. Love he to was see really, it sometime. Really yeah. Talented. Cool. Um, yeah. So Winfield, you said changes your life. It does change my life. It, comes, it so? comes into my life at a time when uh, I was living in Boston, um, first marriage. Um, we all have them. And, yeah. And working uh, two jobs, just kind of grinding myself into the ground. Yeah. And um, Ed McGovern loses his chef in like early April of the 2010 season. And my first wife goes on this ad campaign on Facebook like she makes a page called Burke Marie should be the new chef at Winfield <laughs> and it garners a lot of attention and Ed married my first wife and I and I think Ed only knew me as a musician and you know guy who's at Yellow Kittens all the time you know uh, <laughs> and he's I thought like, that was his job <laughs> yeah like, you know he's like who's this guy you know I know Burke but can he cook and can he you know why should I take a chance on him? And all the locals kept bothering him about it. Like, you should give Burke a shot, you know? Because, to back the boat up one more time, the Peg Lexus thing and the Block Island thing, there was kind of a push-pull. Like, when we would live, when we lived in Austin, at one time, I might have, you know, Kira, Heidi, Zena, Tom Webb, Mike McQueenie, all sleeping on my floor. You know, Tommy Mahoney came through like probably three or four times and would stay, you know, that everyone would just stop and stay. Yeah. And of course I would cook for him or, you know, whatever. And so they kind of would lobby for me with him. They started to. And so at this point of lobbying, had you cooked professionally? Yeah. Let's yet? back the boat way up. Yeah. When did you start your start I cooking? Had, like, how did this all start? Um, it's, I started working in restaurants at age I think 20. Um, but I didn't start cooking in restaurants until uh, I opened a restaurant with my father in Austin, Texas called Marie's Gourmet Pizza. And uh, I did that with him for, I think, 12 or 13 years. And then I moved to Boston and started working at Whole Foods, running uh, a kitchen there. And then at the same time, got a job working in a couple of restaurants in Boston at night where I learned a ton. Yeah. Um, and so then... you're industry-trained chef, not... You didn't go to chef school? Not at all, no. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of taught myself. Yeah, no, I, I after owning a restaurant, some of those were the best, you know? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, um, the, the completely pre-trained formal ones, it's hard to sort of break some habits and... Yeah, they're like robots others. sometimes. Yeah, and no matter how many times you say... You don't you have know, to do it that way. Right. You know, and you're like, oh. It's the same know, thing yeah. with music, too. You know, you meet, no offense to people who went to Berkeley, but, you know, sometimes you get these Berkeley kids who, like, they can play scales all day. Can't but, improvise. Yeah, or if they're, you can't, they can't play a, uh, you know, simple soul song where they just have to play, or a reggae song where they have to play the same thing all yeah. day. Anyway. I, st I started chef school at Culinary uh, Institute of America, and then. You did. Yeah, but I had been. I in already, Hyde Park? Yeah, in Hyde Park, yeah. New York. And uh, I had already. Uh, I'd already, I was like the youngest one in my class. Nobody 18 gets in there. And I had a friend of mine's father was up there and they got me in. But uh, th at the same year, the chef at Finn's turned over and they offered me the job of head chef. And somehow we just couldn't make that work with their program. And I had to make a choice. Kind of do I go yeah. back to Block Island as the head honcho of a big, busy restaurant? Or do I give that up? You know, I made the choice, you know, and I came back and went, I quit chef school and went to Finn's and, you know, uh huh. It worked out all right. I'd yeah. say. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It did That's all right. great. That kind of makes me think of Anthony Bourdain. 
Um, <laughs> although he he did he did finish CIA, but he 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 was always regretful that he didn't uh, like go to Europe and do all the fancy stages that a lot of his co-workers yeah. you know or people that you know went on to do great things and he was always kind of not regretful but he made a choice too and he ended yep. up you know carving out his own thing too you know i mean finn's certainly wasn't a nice french restaurant in paris but it was <laughs> <laughs> but it, i went i went the route of yeah. indus- industry learning yeah. instead of you know and i, learned, I think that's there, the best way to go there was less creativity learning it was more um you know, learning to manage a, a restaurant, a kitchen, and food, and all that stuff. And so then, you're 18 doing fins then. Yeah, I think I might have been a teeny bit older because I think I did the CIA. I think I might have been 19. I was I was the kitchen manager chef at Fins before I was 21. I know you know it was probably wow. like 19 or 20. And that's then, high volume. It's high. It was it was really high volume. It was very in all, all in all every, areas. Honestly, more than 50 percent of my job there was keeping the morale and happiness especially it's a big part of it man. it's a huge part of it nobody big even thinks it. about that aspect of it they mm-hmm. think just about the food production and you know when you've got a large group of diverse people living together working together you know mm-hmm. it's all by you, july 15th yeah. things come to mm-hmm. a head yeah and the same person that the other eight complained about is gone because can't have you <laughs> you yeah. know you're a great person but nobody likes you <laughs> you know and you just got to do it you know mm-hmm. yeah but it's, it's a, it's a challenge it's definitely been some of my more challenging moments that Abs- have been yeah. uh, having to fire people definitely mm-hmm. and you know there's some tough ones you know but that whole balancing you know working with people making sure they know that you're you're in there with them they don't work for you you know what i mean and that's yeah. kind of a terminology we always used even when i own my own restaurant i have to say if i ever had to get fired by anyone i'd probably want to get fired by burke it seems like he'd do it in a very nice way <laughs> oh no i was <laughs> i was okay were you good the the F- at firing people the fi- who, well who's good at it well i got good at it yeah i actually offered the service out for a hundred dollars i'd come to your business and fire the employee that you need to get <laughs> really of. yeah sure, you're like the not? cleaner yeah no problem oh. yeah it was easy i, I like it they come see here. you coming in yeah. the, and everyone goes oh uh-huh. who's you getting the axe today you don't know me but take a seat and that wasn't a question uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know what i fired everybody from this level where you are the nicest greatest person but you're just not good at this you know there's those people yeah we like to and call that killing him softly you gotta <laughs> kill him softly uh-huh. and then i fired people by holding an employee meeting bringing the two drug dealers up in front of the room and saying you see these two you're fired and you know why you know make an example so you know there was different levels and reasons to fire people and yeah. if, if you were a real you know a problem for my business putting in danger and and you know then you'd get the, the yep. nasty firing yeah. but you know you, your level of firing don't you find that there's different levels you know killing there are or, i you know i've been i've been pretty lucky to have not have to have done it too many times good, but good. um yeah. Yeah, uh, your cruise is pretty solid over there. Yeah. And I mean, oh, another person we have to ask about at Winfields. You're responsible for bringing TC up here, correct? I am responsible uh, for bringing TC to okay. Block Island. It's, it's, it's like bringing record. a squirrel to Block Island. <laughs> <laughs> a very happy-go-lucky, a very squirrel. happy squirrel. Yes. yes. Um, uh, he and I worked together at Whole Foods uh, in Boston. Okay. So, he came into Whole Foods. I think I was already 2 years into my Whole Foods experience i think and he showed up and you know he he had something yeah you know and we laughed a lot and uh we uh <laughs> we still laugh a lot it's hard not to um, like tc I yeah mean. and so uh my first year at winfields i i uh i already had a crew in place like ed's like your staff is waiting for you you know so that's a pretty good <laughs> that's a good one yeah and i was like okay <laughs> great and uh so he had kind of already chosen who was going to be there. Yeah. But my second year, I needed some people, and so I got TC out here, and you know, I think that that changed his life too. So what? Yeah. Uh, what did? T- how was it? What? Did, what was TC? You you exposed him to Block Island. You were like his Block Island guide, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I made him a a, a restaurant guy. You know, like he had never worked and really worked. He'd always waited tables and stuff, but yeah, he never worked in a kitchen. So I started him out on salads and. You know, he went around and worked every station in that restaurant and ended up being on the grill for years at Winfield's. It always starts at pantry. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where of you course. start. Um, other than dishwashing. Yeah. You know, 
pantry. What do you mean? Pantry? Lots of beer like in that pantry. Pantry is what we call the chef station. Oh, oh okay. There's pantry, fry, you know, broiler, saute. Yeah. You know, your your rolls on the on the line. There's different spots on the line. I should probably know this. I used to own a couple of restaurants. Pantry, yeah. Pantry would the brigade be your, system. Pantry yeah. is typically your desserts and salads, right? right. Is that mm-hmm. what you guys do too? Yeah, yeah. And who else? You got Billy Chandler over there. Got Billy Chandler. Love that um, dude. I'm wearing one of his tank tops. Right oh now. yeah. Um, got him. I've got Byron Marin. Yep. Who is amazing. He was my dishwasher my first year and I taught him how to, how to cook. And now he's just crazy good. You've had long-term. I've been really lucky. Wow. I have a new girl named Amanda who's doing a great job and I have my same dishwasher, Hector, who I've had forever. Yeah. And last but not least, I cannot forget to mention Marcos who uh, does all the prep for Mexican on the deck for Los Gatitos. Um, he cooks all that delicious food and just helps me as much as he can. And it's just amazing. He's a just an amazing man. And we've become really great friends. And uh, I can't say enough about him. Yeah. Um, so I have a loyal crew. And the, cr- the crew is the glue. Yeah, you know, the crew Big is the time. glue. Yeah. And it's nice when you... And my hat's always off to them because they do a great job and... You know, I've got Sawyer Milstead working on the deck, um, a new guy named JP, who's great. TC's kind of overseeing that for me. Yep. Um, and he's working over there, too. So, yeah, it's it's going good, and we're gearing up to be very, very, very busy. <sighs> it's going to be a busy summer. Yeah. yeah. And, gonna... the, you, uh, you know, it's funny how you touched on something I like to say, like the, um, the uh, when you when you were handed a crew, it's so like my many years at Finn's, I was basically here. This is the new guy here. This one, this one, this uh-huh. one. When you get to build the crew, you know, once that was one of the great things about yeah. getting my own place was being able to, you know, start to hand select. And then you build a, a respect for them and for you and a relationship. And I think it's a lot. I think it's just easier than when you get handed a, a crew. And the, the totally. crew, you can be handed, it can be great. But mm-hmm. there's something about you're walking in in charge of a group that may have already existed or mm-hmm. been there or doesn't know yeah. what to expect. Yeah, totally. You know. Uh, Winfields, speaking of Winfields, they're one of our sponsors uh-huh. uh, this this year. And actually, we're going to have to take a two-second break and check in with some of our sponsors. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back, Burke. All right. All right, here's a great activity you don't want to miss on your next visit to Block Island. Exploring the Great Salt Pond in a kayak from Fort Island Kayaks. The Great Salt Pond is one of Block Island's true gems, and I would say one of the most beautiful harbors in all of New England. Now, I know I said kayak, but Fort Island Kayaks has stand-up paddle boards, Hobie pedal boards, as well as kayaks in all different sizes. I'm pretty sure they've even added the triple-seater and a peekaboo glass-bottom kayak. You can rent by the hour, half-day, full-day, or even an entire week. Explore the hidden coves of the pristine inner ponds. Find your own little spot to take a dip or soak up some sun there's spectacular scenery around every bend and you will get some views of the island that you really can't see any other way whether you're flying solo or with the whole family make sure this is one on your to-do list oh yeah here's a tip if your group is six or more you definitely want to reserve in advance fort island kayaks is operated by our friends over at block island fishworks and is located right next door for rates availability and reservations visit their website at bifishworks.com or give them a call at 401-466-5392 so, Mark, I wonder if that glass bottom kayak, you could find maybe Captain Kidd's treasure or Ooh, something. Ooh, that's exciting, right? You could uh, turn your afternoon into a treasure hunt. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Those pedal boards look really cool, too. A bicycle on the water. What will they think of next? Ugh, modern science. Your Block Island visit absolutely must include a stop at the Beachhead, one of the island's most popular restaurants. The Beachhead is located on Corneck Road and features beachside outdoor dining with a beautiful view of the ocean and Crescent Beach. Nothing beats feasting on the Beachhead's seafood choices, featuring fresh, locally caught fish in one of the island's best lobster rolls, served hot or cold. Your choice, but why not just have one of each? If you're looking to get down with some bivalves, you have to hit up the Beachhead's Buck-A-Shuck Hour every Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 p.m. where you can slurp down fresh oysters for $1 each. And don't forget to order one of the Beachhead's hand-blended mudslides or a signature Bloody Mary, or choose from a large selection of tasty summertime drinks. Are you visiting the island with a larger group of friends and family? No problem. The Beachhead can comfortably accommodate everyone with lots of space, and they even have a special events area that can be reserved for weddings, rehearsal dinners, anniversary parties, or any occasion you can think of. So don't miss one of Block Island's favorite hangouts, the Beachhead, located directly across from the beach on Corneck Road. For more information or to view the Beachhead's menu, please visit beachheadbi.com. 
You know, Mark, I, you, you just cannot beat the view from the beachhead. I mean, you talk about gorgeous. It's unbelievable. And you know what's cool is that even if it's raining, you can go in and sit at the bar and you still get that same great view. So you say you want to rub elbows with some locals. Sounds like you need to head over to Club Soda located beneath the high view on Connecticut Avenue. The Club Soda crew are purveyors of fine food, free advice, and magical elixirs. Put your thinking cap on for trivia night at 9 on Mondays with half-price wings all night. Tuesday night karaoke and Wednesday night musical bingo are a ton of fun. On Thursday and Friday nights, Club Soda features its acoustic showcases and on Saturday, some of the island's best live entertainment jams the night away. Treat yourself to an authentic Block Island experience. Visit Club Soda for a great time. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and soak in the scene. Visit Club Soda online at clubsodabiri.com or call 401-466-5397. I don't know about you, but I've had some great nights there. You know what, Rich? I've heard that I had a great time at Club Soda. They got pool tables and a jukebox cranking out some tunes, and it's just a fun crowd. And you know what else I love? That little ring toss game they have. You know the ring thing where you kind of swing it on the... Ah, the ring on a string. The ring on a string. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Discovering the hidden gems of Block Island is one of the greatest parts about visiting. While the Atlantic Inn is far from hidden, it is most certainly one of the gems. Perched at the top of High Street, the Atlantic Inn offers stunning views of Old Harbor, Crescent Beach, and all the way back to the mainland, or America, as we like to call it. But views aren't the only thing that make this gorgeously maintained Victorian beauty one of Block Island's must-see destinations. Well-appointed yet cozy rooms offer guests all of the relaxation they need after a hard day at the beach. Innkeepers Brad and Ann Marthens are the quintessential hosts, and they love sharing their expansive knowledge of food and great wine with their guests. The restaurant at the Atlantic serves exquisitely crafted gourmet fare. Their thoroughly curated wine list offers varietals and vintages that will pair beautifully with whatever you're dining on. Perhaps the greatest thing about the Atlantic Inn is their incredible tapas and cocktails menu offered outside on the deck and front lawn. Kick back in an Adirondack chair, take in the view, and breathe a sigh of relief. You can tell your friends that you finally found it. The Atlantic Inn, a Block Island gem hidden in plain sight. For more information, please visit AtlanticInn.com. Rich, you know, there is no better place to just chill out and watch the sunset than the Atlantic. You sit out there in the Adirondacks and have a little drink brought to you. And, you know, the view is spectacular and the staff is just great. The staff's fantastic and the tapas are out of this world. Just delicious. Yeah. We like to have like a little glass of wine, some olives, and just kind of feel like we're in Europe. (laughs) And they do up there. Yeah. It's just beautiful. So, you know, we've said it quite a few times, backing up the boat. I think the boat went off course. So let me let me bring you back. We were in the middle of, you know, there was this lobby going on by all the people on the island, your friends, to to get you to be the chef at Winfield's. So then what, what, where, where did you make that jump to finally getting the job? Before I go on, I want to mention one other person on my crew that I forgot to mention, who's Mickey Gill. Oh, Mickey. Oh, I love him. And he is, he's only part-time with me this, this year, which I, I'm sad about, but he's got a great business going, and he's doing great, and he's been so instrumental in our success, too. Um, I'm his bookkeeper, so I know the story. Uh-huh. What's I, Mickey I, doing these days? He he's, started his own landscape. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Good for so him. He's, he's, but I'm glad he's still with you a few days a week. Yeah. 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 He's a, what a great guy. Yep. Really? You know? I don't care what his mom says. I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, boat so how, backing up. We were, people were lobbying for you. You know, Ed, you got to give this guy a shot. Yep. So, Ed's got a pile of, uh, pretty heavy duty resumes on his desk and for some reason you know he's like i'm gonna take a chance on this burke and uh well you know obviously he knew me um so he he rings me up in boston and he says hey burke i would like you to come and cook dinner for me and my friends you know and i'm like shitting in my pants so is that the we, name of the dish? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely going to make him some of my famous shitting in my pants. We, we, we arrange a date for me to come out like a week later or whatever. And he's like, you bring all the food. I'm okay. Um, and cook what you like. There's going to be six of us. And we're doing it at Ray Torrey's house. And so see you then. And so I had to plan a menu for him. And what was the menu that night? Do you remember? 
Well, the menu was uh, some things that are still on the menu. Um, the scallop dish was pretty much what it is at Winfield's right now. That's what, you know, what got me the job, wow. um, which is, you know, really nicely seared scallops with a basically a beurre blanc. Uh, I think at that time I was doing it with a tasso ham, so it was a little spicy. Um, now I do it with the Granny Smith apples just so it'll kind of appeal to everyone who, you know, people who don't eat meat can get in on it too. Yep. Um, even those people, even those people. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and then I did a, a, a filet with pimento cheese on top of okay. it. Okay. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. There the pimento cheese, mm-hmm. the pimento cheese. Okay. This uh-huh. stuff is, it's gold. All right. It's like eating a mound of gold. It's yeah. unbelievable. The first time I had it, I'm like, what the hell is this stuff? Yeah. And uh, I think my buddy Charlie Weber and I are like fanboys, like about the pimento cheese. And the cool thing is you gave Charlie the recipe. You're not like, you're not like won't tell people your recipe. I mean, maybe you don't want to do it on the no, podcast. Yeah, but I'm I mean, always, I'm always, uh, I'm here to move things along. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so the- I'll, you know, I'll guard some things, but you know, like. That's why I'm everyone. Tight, but... Anybody can make pimento cheese. Okay, it's what not... is though? You don't this your specific <laughs> thing, but like the pimento cheese thing. That's a that's a Texas or a southern. It's a southern thing. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a Texas thing. But, okay, um, it's definitely below think... the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, we didn't go anywhere in the Nashville run that in Nashville that didn't have pimento cheese. Yeah, yeah. I everywhere. mean, and it's seen, I woke up with it in my hair. It's and, seen yeah. a real <laughs> resurgence in the past ten years for sure. Yeah, none of it was as good as Burke's. I will say I, that. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, we didn't visit you. any classy joints. Probably that's true. We yeah. were in a bunch of yeah. dives. Uh, um, Winfield's is definitely one of my favorites. You know, and I'm not just saying that because you're the guest. No, it's thanks. it's my yeah. it's it's a go to for me. Yeah, you know. It's certainly the most consistent. Yeah, yeah. I'm a stickler for consistency. You know, that's uh, that's that's live or die in the restaurant business. It is. It's if huge. You, you, people come back for the same experience, and if you can't if you can't deliver that, then nope. you might as well not be there. Fresh and consistent. Mm-hmm. Those are the yeah. two. You know, it's like why McDonald's is famous because you get a cheeseburger here, and you get. I'm just saying, even at that level, yeah. sure. The fact yeah. that you know you could be three states away, but if you get a McDonald's cheeseburger, it's, it's going to be, be the same. The same, and that's 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 huge. People mm-hmm. don't like. Oh, last time I got a let's just say a pizza. Last time I got it was burnt. This time it's undercooked. You know, it's, yeah, it doesn't matter as long right. as people know what they're getting and they're getting it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's it. Do you ever run into like, do you ever feel like, oh man, I'm still making pimento cheese. I really would love to do something else, but you can't, there are certain items you just can't take off the menu, right? That's a good point. Um, for sure. You're right in that. You assumption. ever feel like a little hamstrung you know, like, by it? Like, uh, for, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, people come to Winfields to get a really nice piece of swordfish. They come to get a nice steak. Yeah. You know, I try to change up the scenery on the plate a little bit every year so it's something different a little bit but you know a lot of times people want that i want it like this i want it like that and you know who am i to say i don't want to ruin your summer vacation because swordfish isn't on the menu i've definitely taken it off in the fall before yeah but yeah you know it's um, a tricky balance it is it is is, you know but i i'm still able to remain creative and uh feel connected and you know, I put a lot of love into that food. You do. And um, I, ca- I, I care, you know. I always felt like when specials consistently outsold one particular menu item every night, that was time to start thinking about, well, that special might be a... Go on the menu. Yeah, maybe we remove the, you know, we sold 33 of that special tonight, exactly. only four of this, and mm-hmm. that's on the menu every night. You know, that's clearly people are yeah. making that choice. It's a good water tester, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, when you do switch it up in the fall, you sometimes you have a jambalaya. Or I'm sorry, was it a jam- or a gumbo you put on? I do a gumbo, right? Sometimes I do a cassoulet. Oh, the cassoulet uh, as well. I'm yeah. a big fan of both of those. Yeah, and, I didn't uh, do cassoulet last year, but I, I noticed. Um, we will, uh, we'll get that back. And those later. are usually appetizers. Yeah, a little but I'm like, bowl. can we just make it a Doublet? double? And, and I made the gumbo an entree last year yeah. with a piece of catfish, blackened catfish. I remember. Oh, yeah. I really liked that. Dish. I love it. Yeah, that was great. Are you yeah. going to do that again? Yeah. Hopefully. I will. Cool. So how did Ed deliver the news that you oh, yeah. their dinner was good enough? So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got sidetracked again. Uh, I'm good So I, I go out there and <laughs> I come out here and it's it's Ray and Sue Torrey, yeah. Kate and Shea Butcher, and Ed and Claire. 
and they're all there having some cocktail. You know, I got there early and you know, like 10 in the morning and started prepping and doing all my stuff. And I'm like starting to overthink myself. And, you know, I'm just like really nervous. But I, I tried to keep it very simple. And so we get through the dinner and everything seems like it's gone okay. And um, I didn't make a dessert because I'm not a dessert guy. So I, I got some really great sorbet and gave them all a nice scoop. And they did that and they finished their wine. And then they retired into the, uh, the main living room with the fireplace. And they all sat down and... You know, I continued. I cleaned. I did the dishes and cleaned up and stuff. You know, it's and like, that's when they had their first cocktail. Ed, Ed yeah, said, we'll, yeah. We'll be, we'll be. You know, we'll be in here. You know, you do your thing. We're going to talk for a little while. And, um, you know, he came back in the kitchen like you know thirty minutes later and offered me the job. Nice. And, uh, and then it invited me out into the room to have a cocktail with them. And, uh, you know, that's when you know my life really changed. Is just. It just did, you yeah. Know? Because and this set you, you on this path that path of you know, being a head chef. It did. Well, um, someday it'll improve and get better, and you'll get out of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm just kidding. I did it now, for 30 years. You yeah. know, it's, uh, these days Ed McGovern drives by and you just flip him off. You're like, "Thanks, <laughs> Ed." Asshole. Yeah, never, never. No, never. no, he's great. I we knew I should have made him the shit in my pants dish. <laughs> <laughs> it's never he too was, late. He was really great to me, yeah. uh, and he was always, you know. I remember his card he gave me at the end of my first year. It was just so, you know. I almost cried. How was that first year? It was great. Yeah. You know, I I uh, I simplified the menu down to just bare nuts and bolts of what I thought needed to happen. Yep. And we executed it, and you know, it just got better after that. Yeah. Um, but you know, he wrote me this note, and he said the best decision I made this year was hiring you. Wow. And that's really yeah. nice. Yeah, it was really. It was really great. It is. That's, That's cool, very man. nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think he makes a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like being on yeah, a podcast. Like being a know? guest on this show. Yeah, no doubt. You know. um, but Ed did, when we had him on earlier this season, uh, you know, one of the things we talked with him about was that Ed, one of Ed's talents was just being a good boss, just assembling a family. Like, he's his... His employees were never employees. They were a family, like yeah, totally. the whole time. Yep. You know, it was, yep. it's impressive. Yeah. And that it's, trickles down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah. So, did you meet your wife while working at Winfield's, Emily? I did. Was she working there as well? She was. Oh, so it was like a spicy uh, workplace romance. No, nah, you know, it, I just, when, when I met her and we started to talk and I just knew, you know, I was at a certain point in my life where, I just, I knew. Yeah. You know? I and like, a couple years later, she knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this I knew is way it, before my know? wife. <laughs> and she's just an amazing woman. And you, you know? guys recently have, you adopted a We did. Child. Uh, we adopted Estelle Rosemarie um, as a newborn um, on September 21st, 2017, uh, the day she was born. Wow. And it's been a, rip-roaring adventure ever since you know uh, <laughs> she's quite a little character she's oh, yeah. yeah she's uh she's amazing she's yeah. amazing how you like you like him being a dad obviously i love it yeah yeah and emily's got to be a great mom she's a great mother yeah um estelle is just uh surprises me every day you know just yeah. the, just just her language alone you know like she's talking like a five-year-old or you know she's just really articulate and she's got a great sense of humor she can you know, what's play, her play jokes and, you know, she's, she's was her funny. first word pimento? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think her first word might have been daddy. I, really? I can't remember. I think it was, yeah, dada. I think one of the first ones for sure. And yeah. she's adorable. Is she, really yeah. Is. What's she into? Is she like, uh, is she she's, showing any like a musician? Is she going to be an artist? Is she, she is. Any? She is. Uh, you know, she's playing the piano. Um, a little bit and she likes she, she has a guitar i've gotten her a few guitars you know i'm trying to like let's yeah, go come, come on. on so we'll, we'll sit down and we'll play together and you know i'm like what's our band called because she calls it a band You're like come on time for band practice and we'll sit down you know for like 15 minutes and she'll she has this old yamaha nylon string i got her that she can just beat and she goes to town on that and she's like we're the estelle rosemarie music band 
I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know? That's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. But she's really, you know, she's one of those uh, people who you just want to be around, you know. She's, she's got a lot of light. Yeah. And I remember getting a text from Stephen Wright. Uh-huh. Uh, this was a few, like maybe when she was two or one and a half or something. And he's like, I'm at Nick's. And your daughter's getting passed around like a human joint. <laughs> <laughs> because she was just, you know, everyone was just like, it's a She show. was very, so very funny. open to, yeah, and she loved people. Like She, she loves did, people. Being passed around, she loved it. You know, sure. Different people. She outsmarted my daughter, I guess. My How'd daughter. you do that? I think my oh, daughter she's Maddie. Got moves. Yeah, my daughter Maddie babysat I don't yeah. know, a week ago or yeah. two weeks ago. So I uh, hope she did all right. You know, yeah, she, she seems like great. a good daughter. My kid um but i guess you know playing the games about bedtime and this oh, and yeah. that and the other thing and she's tricky it, yeah so she she maddie finally says well are you sure that that would be okay should i call your mom and see what she has to say and she goes go ahead and the whole ploy was to get her mom on the phone like it was she knew that she wanted to yeah, talk then, to Emily. then she got to then she got a hold of mom on the phone and mm-hmm. that was her way of getting her on the phone mm-hmm. you know that's brilliant <laughs> it was yeah. brilliant oh. she was thinking two steps ahead i think yeah <laughs> so but maddie said she really enjoyed watching her uh-huh. so, that's yeah. cool anything um we are running a little we're getting there i think towards the end uh you know and i know you're a busy guy we can't we don't want to keep you here all day but uh is there anything else we haven't talked about about your your block island life that we're leaving out uh, you know crazy? there's some definitely uh, there's a lot of memories in this building I'll, I'll say that you know we played here a lot you did um it was kind of our home uh those thursday nights and i think eventually we got tuesday nights as well for yep. a while yep um i'll definitely remember when we got the gig uh, remember sean was the manager here mm-hmm um, we didn't talk to him. We went through T-Bird. Yep. And I was out in the Voskamp's yard playing guitar one afternoon, and T-Bird rolls up in his in that maroon convertible that he had. I don't know. He shared it with somebody, I think. Okay. Um, and honks the horn. He doesn't pull into the driveway. He's still up on High Street, just like... <laughs> <laughs> and I come running over, and I get in the, he's like, get in. And so we, we go on this cruise... And uh, he's like, you got the gig. You know, I'd, I'll never forget like him telling me that we got the Thursday. You know, you're now, a, you're you're in a residency now. You wow. know, I mean, it was just so, it was awesome. It is. I you mean, know. playing, I'm actually in a band with your brother Peter mm-hmm. here, and we've done our own residency. Great drama. Great drama man. <laughs> he's the best man. By the way, that's the one I married. Sorry, not John. I got him backwards. Who'd you marry? I think I married Peter. Peter? Peter's married oh, to Rachel. Yes. That, you did marry yeah, Peter. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I get them mixed up all the time. Yeah. They look identical. Just Peter and incredible. Rachel? Not at all. <laughs> Not Pete. I was kidding about <laughs> Peter and John. They're very different. They incredible are. musical yeah. brothers they are. I remember being jealous when I was a teenager because that gang, and maybe you were in with them. I don't remember. You know, you'd always see them chilling in front of the Empire yeah. Theater. Oh, yeah. I got. I was able to get in on that. You like, were in there. And John be, and I would go. John, yeah. John Take was our guitars. And we had these little amps we'd plug into our guitar. They were battery powered called Tweety Birds. And we'd go into the chicken shack and just yeah. play for people. La Cage Yeah. Remember that? Or was that no, before you? That yeah, was before was me. A little, fried, little fried chicken joint. Oh, really? Yeah. Glass onion is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah and then cool. the little red shop that's now, that used to be a sandwich shop, like mm-hmm. the 1661 sub shop or something. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, and I was like, well, you remember a guy named Andy used to be yeah, part of well, the theater? My, my brother in law, Bill Kelly, and Andy. Yep. Uh, Bill Kelly was another ran one. The, ran, the yeah. stu- ran the Empire. And yes. Andy, Andy Nassif. Yeah. Yeah. They used great to, guy. They, they never looked in my cooler. It was awesome. Yeah. You know? Was, Wait, what do you mean? And you go to see a movie. Oh, bring you, a little cooler in with you. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, oh, yeah? didn't have soda in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, so they lived in the back, and so we'd have parties in there after yeah. hours oh, yeah. and stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. Wow. I remember. Cool. I remember when I was bouncing watching Peg Legacies, I'm like, these guys are these guys are cool. At one point, like, some of them or all of them lived... Did they live in the King Spa building up on the very top in the Bill pulpit? and Andy were some of the original King Spa boys, I believe. Yeah. I'll never I think the fire marshal came and tried to tell them it wasn't safe for anybody oh, to yeah. stay up there. So they they bought a rope ladder and did a fire drill out the window and mm. down the rope ladder. <laughs> or is that do you remember that? No, but I'm I've, pretty sure that was those guys. Yeah, like, I'm we'll sure show you we can get out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah, you because know, it was up in that very 
cupola spot uh-huh. at the time with no, you know, secondary egress. If the I don't know. even know where you're talking about. Around King Spa is the where, building. Where was this? It's uh, what's in there across now? Across like from Kiki the from sandals. The, uh, yeah, and, across yeah. from the Empire. Right across from the Empire. Oh, is it the uh, old the old Harbor Inn now? Or yeah, sure. I don't know. In an okay. old Harbor, in old yeah. Harbor Inn. Yeah, yeah. That used to be called King Spa. Oh. They actually had like a ice cream shop in there, mm-hmm. a little oh. pharmacy style setup, and yeah. If you're a spa boy, you were. Yeah, you were you had spa it boy. Yeah, that was some street cred, Block oh, Island yeah. street cred. Oh, you had yeah. it, uh, the spa boys. Uh, I was a little younger. I used to be like, I'm gonna kick the curb. Man. I gotta go home to my grandparents on the west side because <laughs> I just was so jealous. These older teenagers are getting to live downtown and yeah. hang out all night. It was yeah, wow. yeah. Yep. I went through that too out here for sure. You know, when I was just wasn't quite yeah. old enough yet to to start hanging with the you know. And I couldn't big, read big when I when it went from being fun talking to them to them being kind of annoyed and wishing I'd go away. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you got I the, get that. I mm-hmm. yeah, I still yeah, haven't you know, learned that. Yeah. I have it now. Yeah. You know, I'm starting to see it in Burke's eyes at this very moment. But um <laughs> it's like how much longer do <laughs> yeah, I have to Yeah, we do almost this? done. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we uh yeah. should we start to wrap things up here? I guess so. I mean Burke's gotta go make pimento cheese and, yep. and get the mm-hmm. get it going, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we let you go, Burke, we do this thing called the lightning round with our guests where we just throw random questions at you and, you know, whatever first thing that pops in your head game, you want to do it? Sure. All right. You want to lead it off, Rich? Sure. All right. All right. If you could be a teacher and teach any grade or subject, what would it be? Uh, I would want to teach first graders music. You can own one guitar for the rest of your life. What would it be? Hmm. It would have to be a 1959 Fender Telecaster. Good one. I'll see what I can do. Would you <laughs> Would you rather swim in a pool full of Nutella or a pool full of maple syrup? I would probably mix the two together. Chef all the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pure chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, clams, fried or steamed? Fried. Best spot to watch a sunset? Best spot to watch a sunset. Uh, I'm going to say with somebody you love. Nice. That's a great answer. Uh, Rothko or Rauschenberg? Rothko. Are you allowed to give out the recipe for the lobster mac and cheese? To be determined. Nice. <sighs> it's not a no. That wasn't a no. It wasn't a no. There's, yet what you're saying is there's still yeah, a chance. What you're saying is I, I might I get the to, recipe. Yeah, all right. I'm going to talk to Kristen about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I we I get it, I get it. All right, well, um, thanks, Burke, so much. What a great conversation! Yeah, really you. enjoyed it. I learned a lot, and uh, thank you for listening to our episode, listeners. Uh, again, you know how to reach us. Check out our Facebook page, and don't hesitate to email us at two guys on bi at gmail dot com. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, all the social media stuff, and uh, wherever you listen to us, uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, whether it's Apple or Spotify or whatever, and uh, tell your friends. That's the most important part. So yeah, yeah. get them listening. Get them right. listening. Cool. Well, I guess that's it for uh, this. So once again, thanks, Burke, and uh, we'll see of you over Winfields. All right. See you Thank next you. time, Mark. All right. See you. Bye. Hey, Rich. Yeah. Um, I want to go down and put my application in to be one of the spa boys. Can you like introduce me to like? couple of them or something uh i can try but i'm not sure if they're around so but i would definitely bring like a little ziploc bag of pimentos with you that'll probably help what the f- i they're still all- don't know what a pimento is well they are, those texas boys will tell you what shall we do with the sailor what shall we do with the sailor what shall we do with the sailor what shall we do with the sailor